Thank you for tuning in. My prayer is that this message is going to be an encouragement to you personally and will cause great growth in your life. It's time to live and it's time to take this next step forward. God bless you as you listen. Bibles out, get them open to Matthew chapter 2. While you're opening up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 2, I just want to tell you something. Uh, I want to talk to you as a pastor. This week has been an intense week of pastoral ministry. Uh, it's very intense. Just a lot of things going on, and, and it just seems to be very random. And, and, uh, and I want I just want us to pray together. One of the things that I do is I keep a bunch of our Heart for the House cards with me whenever, wherever I am. They go with me everywhere. And I stop and I pray over these cards. I pray over the names, pray over the individuals. And I want to pray over these names right now. And I, and I mean, if I don't have your card with me, that's okay. I just grabbed a stack on my way out of my office this morning. And I want to pray specifically over these city lifers. I want to pray, of course, over everyone. But I just think that praying for people by name is powerful and important. Would you not agree? And, and I, I enjoy that. That's part of what I get to do as a pastor. I hope that you pray over your family and other people that you're close to and even other city lifers by name. But I'm going to take just a moment and pray by name over these people. So will you just pray with me, God? God, we pray. I just, and listen, when I'm praying, I'm praying for blessing. I'm praying for healing. I'm praying for provision. I'm praying for life to flow. And I want you to pray with me. God, I pray for Whitney. I pray for Matthew. Matthew, pray for Joe, pray for Tiffany and Glory, pray for Michael and, and Bo, pray for Cindy and Layla, Devin and Paige and James and Rebecca and myself, and I pray for Ian and Elizabeth and TJ and Hunter and Christine and Ashley and Nicole and Cody and Kristen and Shauna and, and Anthony and, and for Diana and for Joy and for James and Betsy and for David and for Chris and for Jack and for Donna, pray for Daniel, pray for Lindsay, I pray for Jana and Jordan, and I pray for Pam and Joel. Pray for Lavanda, Victoria, Juan and Christiana. I pray for Jasmine. I pray for Barbie and Richard and Abelin and, and Josue. I pray for Brian and Allison and Daryl and Myra. God bless, and I pray that you'll meet every need according to their, your riches in glory, God, and I pray that you will work miracles on their behalf. In Jesus' name, everybody says... Amen. And if I didn't pray out your name, God bless you also, because God's got good stuff in store for us today. You know, if you want to know what the Bible is saying in a particular context, in, in a particular set of scriptures, one of the things that you can do, this is, I'm, I'm teaching you here, one of the things that you can do is look through the passage and find words, terms, or even similar terms that are repeated Whenever you see something repeated, you're actually picking up the theme, uh, potentially the theme. It helps to direct you into what the scripture is about. I, 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 I've committed myself to this for now and for the next, for the next season. I want to teach you how to get into the word, how to pull things out of it, and how to hear from God. And that's really a big part of what this message is about today. So, so what you will do is, is, is we're going to look through this passage of the Christmas story in Matthew chapter number two. And as I did my original reading through it, I noticed immediately four terms, four words that just kept popping up over and over again, which gives us the theme of it. And so I've decided today, I wanted to make that the title of my message. So if you're at home, part of the e-community, you're here in this room, and God bless, those of you who are here in this room, you weathered the rain today. You're pretty, pretty, aren't you glad it's not snowing? 
you know, we were singing Let It Rain a little bit e- earlier, and we, yeah, I love that because that's a, there's great spiritual meaning. I'm glad we didn't sing Let It Snow, you know, Let It Snow, let, no, we don't want to sing that. I, the reason is, is because I, I used to live further up north when, and it would snow all the time, and it just, uh, I just didn't like it. And I, 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 I learned that it wasn't f- as much fun as we tend to think it is here. All right, but anyway, the, the message title that I have for you today is this. Angels, stars, dreams, and kings. Four words, angels, stars, dreams, and kings. Now, a little over 2,000 years ago, in the Roman-occupied land of Israel, which was known broadly as Judea, uh, it was a time of huge tumult. There was a a lot of political conflict that was going on, strife. and, And at that time, a king was born that would then upset things even more. What happened is a star appeared. Magi came from far away to find this newborn king of the Jews. And and they ended up talking to King Herod in Jerusalem looking for the child. And many of you know that story. But but as I was reading through Matthew chapter 2, my eyes were opened to some things in this passage that meant something to me that I've never felt before. And, and, and today I'm going to talk about what I found in Matthew chapter 2. And it's not about the uniqueness of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I, I could preach you a good sermon about the meanings of all that, and that's great. But, but there, there's a lot more that's in there. There's a lot more that's in there that really is very prophetic and speaks to us today regarding hearing from God. See, because I see the story in Matthew chapter 2 as a huge drama of of, of hope and provision. I see it about protection and revelation and so much more. So today, my prayer is that what I'm sharing with you is going to give you hope as well. I've been praying for you all week long. You're here to hear this. There's no accident you're here. And I want you to, to take some notes out and write a few things down down because I I believe that God's going to download some stuff for you today that's going to deal specifically with your situation. Okay, open your Bibles. I'm reading from the New International Version, Matthew chapter number two, verse one. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and they asked. Okay, I want to pause there for just a second. Now, King Herod is known as Herod the Great. He was the Roman uh, appointed king of Judea, which we, we'll just, we, which we would call Israel. This is a man who had a huge lust for power, a lot of uh, control issues, and, and he, was, he was actually very wicked and merciless. The Magi, they were wise men. Uh, these would have been like scientists or astronomers or astrologers, and they came from the east. And, and most likely they came from the area of Persia, as we would know as Iraq today. So we keep going on, and they came and they said, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. Now, I, I like what it says here. It says they saw his star. So they knew it was the star that represented the arrival of the Messiah. And, and, and it says that, it, and, and, and it was saying something to them. This is important. The sign was saying something to them. And so they followed that star because God speaks through signs. Now, uh, it's important to note this is that the sign ultimately motivated the Magi to worship. And I believe that every sign God gives you is something that's ultimately going to take you to a place of worship because that's what God desires more than anything. 
So they, be, they, they got to Jerusalem and they began asking around the town, where is the king of the Jews? Well, there's a problem that they didn't understand because they were from a different land. They didn't understand the problem of what that would actually stir up there in the city because they were thinking everybody would know about this. Everybody's excited about this. So they go to Jerusalem saying, where is the king of the Jews? Well, the problem is that Herod had officially been given this certain title from the Roman Senate, Senate right out of Rome, and he was called the king of Judea. Judea means the land of the Jews. So when they're saying, where's the king of the Jews? He's going, um, am I not the one from Rome appointed as with the official title king of Judea? Okay, so you see the first problem beginning to brew here. Keep following along. It says, so when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and, uh, and it's important to catch this, all of Jerusalem with him. Why in the, now I can understand King Herod being disturbed, but why was everyone else so disturbed? Well, I believe that they were not tuned into listening to the voice of God. They were not tuned into what God was really doing. They got all upset and they got all worried and frantic about something they should have been rejoicing about. And things like that are happening all around us. You see, you see if you're not listening to the voice of God, the great things God is doing will actually cause you to be disturbed. And I'm asking you to not give in to being disturbed. Story goes on, it says, when he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. It's kind of interesting because, because King Herod, uh, according to my studies, he was very well versed in in the Jewish traditions, he was not a Jew himself, but he was, he was very well versed in it, which helped him to lead better. So he understood that the Messiah was this one that was to be born. And, and it said, they said, in Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means among the least uh, um, by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler, which means king, who will shepherd my people Israel. So the ruler would come out of Bethlehem, and this was a prophetic word that was about to come to pass. I, I, I'm asking us to begin to tune in to the prophetic word from God. See, Amos chapter 3, verse 7 says that the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plans to the prophets first. Did you know that? That's in the word of God. God always shows his plan to the prophets, reveals them to the prophets before God does anything. So we take comfort in prophecy. That's why the ministry of the prophetic is important. It's not weird. It's not spooky. It's important because it keeps us in tune with the word of God and what God is doing. It keeps you from being alarmed. It gives you insight. It also helps you worship and it brings personal peace. That's why I believe in the prophetic and that's why I pray for it to be released not only among us but in your homes, in your household, and on your workplaces as well. Let's keep reading. It says, then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. Again, he wanted to know about the sign. He sent them to Bethlehem and he said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so I too may go and worship him. <laughs> As I was reading this, I read this, this particular uh, verse over and over, and, and I found something interesting, that wicked King Herod actually told the Magi where they could find the king of the Jews. 
I think that's kind of an interesting twist of fate. That the man who felt so threatened, all of a sudden he didn't realize it, but he was giving them direction on, on where they should go so that they could worship. Of course, he had an evil motivation behind it, but, but it's interesting that he continued to reveal that because he couldn't help but declare what is written in the prophecies already. So here's a wicked man. He's declaring the prophecies. Even though he has evil intent, the prophecies are the prophecies are the prophecies. God's going to do what God's going to do. All right, look at this. And it says, and after they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. Now, remember, the star was a sign. It gave them direction. Now, in reading through this, I, I, I saw this reality once again, that the star obviously had led them over to the area of Jerusalem, but it was no longer visible. It wasn't visible until Herod used the prophecy and he spoke it out of his mouth about where this king of the Jews was to be born. And that's when the star reappeared and then the, uh, and then the, the magi followed it. I, I, I love that because obviously the sign was not there for a while. Some of you, you've seen signs, you've heard things from God, and, 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 I, and, and, and all of a sudden the sign seems to go away. It's like, God, did you leave me? Where did you go? Well, now, l- listen to me. Just because the sign disappears doesn't mean God has forgotten. It doesn't mean that God has led you out onto a wild goose chase. All right, look at this. It says, when they, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed, which shows you that obviously it was not there. Then the sign appears. They're like, yes, they weren't just happy. They were overjoyed. So these guys are like doing backflips and all kinds of stuff. They were so happy. Now, here we keep reading. It says, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and did what? They worshiped him. Him. Remember, the signs and the prophecies, all that stuff ultimately takes you to a place of worship. That's why worship is so important. And, and the, actually, worship is central to our faith journey. Because every time you come to a new place in your faith journey, God wants to bring you to a place of worship. That's, why, that's one of the reasons why we worship here prior to any of our, any of our uh, preaching or anything that we do. We worship and we pray first because God has brought us together once again. God has brought you and me together, us together, and we just worship him. Why? It's because he's just God. He's just God. I love that. And, and, and I'll tell you, God's voice will always take place in the atmosphere of worship because it prepares our hearts to hear from God. I love it. It says, they, then they, the Magi, opened their treasures and presented Jesus, him, with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It's beautiful because giving is also part of the faith journey. It was, it's, it's interesting because it's the same pattern we see here, happening here that we see that we actually practice week in and week out as we follow the direction of God. Sometimes things, hiccups come during the week, but we get to where we're going and we worship God and we give and we receive just the presence of God and that's exactly what they were doing right here. And then, but, but look at this, they, they obviously had left and it says, and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by a different route. Now, no longer are they following the sign of of the star, now a different sign, a different revelation came to them, and it was in the form of a dream. Prophetic revelation came through the star. Prophetic revelation came even through a wicked person, quoting basically the scriptures, the prophecies, and now prophetic revelation is coming through a dream. And, and it, it's apparent 
from this passage that all three, uh, all three, four, five, ten of these men, we don't know how many there were. We just have a little song that says, We Three Kings of Orientar, you know. That doesn't mean that, uh, that there were just three people. There, there could have been ten. There could have been two. There could have been fifteen. We, we, don't, we don't really know. But they obviously all had the same dream. God was speaking to them, don't go back into Jerusalem. Stay away from Herod. So what did they do? They obeyed the voice of God. Look at this. Next verse says, when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Now here's more revelation. The angel says, get up, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. So here is yet another dream. Here's another another piece of the puzzle of what God is putting together because God is unfolding something here and he's doing it through his voice. He is speaking through revelation. And it's a revelation from God and, 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 it's, and there's an angel involved in this. And, and so the word of God was delivered through an angel in a dream. And keep reading, it says, stay there until I tell you for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. What is God doing here? God is speaking prophetically. God is speaking through a sign and God is using this to protect his investment. What was God's investment? It was Jesus Christ. He didn't want that investment to, to, to be harmed in any way. So what he, he did is God, God told them to get up in the middle of the night and leave, and they did. But just think of what had happened that day earlier. God had just supplied them with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Those were expensive expensive gifts. If someone brought you a bag of gold, you'd be set for a while, wouldn't you? Well, all of a sudden, now they have this financial provision because that could have been sold. They could have done amazing stuff with that, and and they, they, they could have lived very well, and they took that They took those gifts with them. God provided the provision and God provided the direction because God had an investment that he cared about. God says, I'm not gonna let my investment be squandered. And so so this revelation from God took them into their next steps. I'm telling you guys, this is how God works. This is how God works. Okay, look at this. So, So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt where he stayed until the death of Herod. Uh, It's estimated that this time, he would have been there probably a couple of years. Uh, we do know there was a very large Jewish community in the city of Alexandria, Egypt. That's very likely where he went. So Joseph and Mary would have been able to, to integrate very well and work and, and have, have a place to live very quickly. And it says, and so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. (laughs) Again, there's another prophecy there. Remember, the Lord does nothing without first speaking his plan to the prophets and the prophets declare it. And that's how the plan comes out. It works just as well then as it does now. Now, Right here in the narrative, we, go, we actually go back in time by a couple of years. So now they're already out in Egypt and, and everything. But, but we have to go back in time just a little bit. And so in verse 16, we go back to the time when the Magi had left. Okay? So it says, when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. And he gave orders to kill the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. So his anger, his fury, this evil man, his fury was unleashed to destroy 
God's investment. So we know that Satan is at the, at the helm of this thing trying to destroy the investment of God. This is the classic conflict of light versus dark. We are in spiritual warfare, guys. There is always light versus dark. And if you have the glory of God on you, there's always going to be a clash of light and darkness. But the light always wins. Why? Because we have the presence of the Lord. We have the prophetic word of the Lord. We have God right there by our side, the angels of the Lord encamping round about us. And because the Magi and because Joseph both listened to the voice of God and they took action based upon the voice of God, this investment from God was not harmed. See, God had a purpose and a strategy. God has a purpose and a strategy for you too. Really, this this whole thing teaches us, listen to the voice of God and follow the voice of God. Keep reading here. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. This is, that's part of the Christmas story that we don't like to talk about, but this is known as the, uh, the massacre of the innocents. And, and it's believed that there are about 40 children who perished, 40 boys ages two and under in the area surrounding Bethlehem. Bethlehem was a small community, but in that whole area. But, but we do find it interesting that that particular incident is only recorded in the Bible. So much that's recorded in the Bible is recorded in secular history as well. That particular thing is not recorded in secular history, and I believe to be the reason based upon what we see that was constantly happening around Judea uh, under the reign of, of this wicked King Herod is that massacres were actually quite normal. They were quite normal, so it's not even recorded in secular history. It's a minor issue to them. It was just like commonplace. And, and, and I, I, I think about that. Why was that not in the headlines? Why was that not recorded in history? Yeah, we also have to understand and think and know that the enemy is always out to destroy the potential. The enemy is always out to destroy potential. The world's not going to talk about it. People are going to, you'll see things, if you'll go home and look at your news apps, please not right now, but if you, when you look at your news apps later, I'm sure, without even any knowledge of what's in the news, because I haven't looked today, but you're going to hear a story of a person losing their life, or another person losing their life, but there will be no headline of the largest loss of life in the United States this last week, which was abortion. There will be no headline on that. They'll talk about people who have died from COVID. Yes, it's horrible. I, I just say, I hate COVID. I hate everything about it. Everything about it. But at the same time, you're not going to see the headlines of the slaughter of the innocents because it's still happening. This is something we have to understand. This is part of it. This week of Christmas, as Christmas week comes, the greatest, uh, the, the, the greatest death of any group of people will be children in our nation once again. Let's never forget that. But the enemy, what he likes to do is he will always try to destroy and he will try to intimidate whenever you're getting ready to experience a huge breakthrough. That's why I encourage you to just keep listening to the voice of the Spirit. Keep listening to the voice of the Spirit. Let God lead you. Let God guide you. God is going to protect you. Okay, keep looking. It says, after Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, 
Okay, so there's another dream, another dream, another angel, God speaking again. He says, get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. Again, God is protecting his investment. Do you see that? So he got up, he took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. Again, listen to the voice of God, taking action. God gives a sign, that's the voice of God, you take action. This is a pattern we see. Are you seeing the pattern? The, the, the miraculous pattern here that we see in Matthew chapter 2 is not that, that gold, frankincense, and myrrh happened and, and then they bowed down and worshiped. I mean, that's a, that's a little tiny segment of the story. The pattern is God sends a sign, God speaks, we hear, another person hears, responds, answers, and, and there's a prophetic word that comes and you take action and God continues to protect his investment and he supplies and provides for his investment all the time. That's the message that's in Matthew chapter number two. Just keep looking at this. It says, so, uh, but, but when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. So here, Joseph doesn't actually have an angelic visitation, but what he has is what we often call a check in his spirit. That is, that is what we call discernment. One of the things I've been asking you to do pray for, we all should be praying for this right now, is discernment. That's where you have a certain feeling in your heart. It does, you don't have to have a dream. You don't have to have a vision, you know, but you have a feeling in your heart, your discernment. So he's like, I don't think I should go there. I don't really think. So he obeyed that little check in his spirit. He obeyed that discernment. And then what happened after he obeyed that discernment, uh, we, we can go ahead and look on a little bit further. It says, then having been warned in a dream, so then God sends direction again. More revelation from God, another voice from God. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee and went and lived in a town called Nazareth. Uh, Again, note, a dream, another word from God, direction from God. So he goes back home, that's where he was originally from, to Nazareth, but he takes a different route. Sometimes God's going to send you around a different route that is inconvenient. Sometimes God's going to send you a way that's inconvenient and there's, there's going to be a, something in your heart that says, I just think I'm supposed to go this way. I think I'm supposed to make these choices. It doesn't make sense, but I just feel like that. That's discernment. And then what God will do when you begin stepping out in discernment, what God will do is God will come and confirm that with his word. That's exactly what happened here with Joseph. God is directing. God is protecting his investment here. And so it wraps up, so was fulfilled what was said through the prophets that he would be called a Nazarene. So, angels, stars, dreams, and kings. Church, this is a new season of listening to the voice of God. This season is all about hearing and responding to God's voice in our businesses, in our families, in our homes, in our church, in our nation. It is not business as usual. What an exciting time for us to be around. And, and, and my, my desire for you right now more than ever before My desire is that you will hear from God. Not only be able, not not just just hear it with your ears, but listen to it, absorb it, and take direction from the voice of God. Now, I want to explain this in a little more depth about what God does for you during seasons like this. First of all, God the Father protected Jesus because that was his investment on earth. Jesus had a job to do, and the Father wasn't going to let that job be spoiled. And I believe it is the same way for you and me, because we are actually in Christ. We are his investment on earth. And right now, you have a mission, and the Father isn't going to let your mission be spoiled. 
I don't want you to fret about what's going on with your family or your household or your nation or your job. Your father will not let your mission be destroyed. Why? Because God protects his investment. He will protect you. You see, he has an investment in you. (laughs) The scripture tells us that there's this deposit of the Holy Spirit. That means a, a deposit of himself. God has put himself in you. He is invested in you. Now, if you have an investment, uh, a property, money, family, whatever, you're going to protect that investment, won't you? Of course you will. Of course you will. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 says this. It says, now it is God who, who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us and set his seal of ownership. Do you guys get that? The seal of ownership upon you. And he put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. So you, look at this, you have value to God. He's not going to leave you high and dry. Ephesians 1.13, this is another scripture on this. It says, you, were, you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing your inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, that's you, to the praise of his glory. In other words, God's hand is on you. He's put his spirit in you. You have purpose and, and you are part of God's strategic plan on this earth, whether you feel like it or not. And I'm telling you guys, no COVID, no political unrest, no social unrest, financial stress or work stress or sickness or detour is going to control you because you are God's investment. <laughs> like you're just right there in the palm of his hands. He's just holding on to you. He loves you and he's going to protect you because he is that deposit of the spirit, that investment in you. He will not neglect his investment he's not going to neglect it doesn't matter what comes your way doesn't matter what happens on this earth you are here for a reason and you are called to be a bearer of light in this world and hear me well nothing can stop god's plans and you're part of god's plans you're placed where you are, doing what you do with the talents and the skills that you have where you are and it's all according to god's plan but we've got to be in tune with God's plan. And I, I really believe that's the challenge for the church right now is we need to be in tune with the plan of God, not just nationally or, or worldwide, but specifically for you, for us, we need to be in tune with that. That's our challenge. And the world is noisy. I mean, the world is way too noisy and it easily drowns out the voice of God. And I want you to hear the voice of God because that's where you begin to get that revelation. Now, I'm going to give you some very specific ways of how God speaks. Really really quick, you can jot these down. God speaks to you through the Bible, through the Word of God. That's why you should read it daily. You should, uh, if you don't have time to read it, then play it. Come on, it's on your phone. Just play it. And God said. I mean, it's that easy. Take it in. If you don't understand something, ask questions. Here's another thing God does. God speaks to you what's called the the fivefold ministry offices, and this is listed in the New Testament. Those are the offices of apostle, prophet, 
evangelist, pastor, and teacher. God speaks to us through that. In fact, I believe that's how God is speaking to you specifically right now. But here's what the beauty of the Holy Spirit is. God then custom designs what I'm saying for you specifically to take it to the next level. God also speaks to us through impressions. That's uh, that's like what Joseph felt as he was getting ready to come back. I just don't feel like I should go through there. I don't know about that. That's where discernment comes in. That's one of the things I ask you to pray for. Pray, God, give me a spirit of discernment, all right? God also speaks through pain. When you're going through pain and you're going through a painful season, one of the best questions you can ask God instead of, why me, Lord? I do feel like that sometimes. It's just, I was like, why me, Lord? But, but, but instead of saying that, why don't you say, what can I learn? God, what are you saying to me during this season? And he'll let you know. He's just waiting for you to ask. God also speaks through signs, and that could be dreams or visions and things happening around you, signs. It's funny because as I had put together some rough outline of this a couple of weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, I read about something in the media that was talking about something very interesting that was going to be happening in the sky. And I just want you to listen to this because I think it's really quite incredible. I believe, you don't have to believe this, but I believe (laughs) that this is a sign. I don't know what the sign is saying, but I know it's, I, I feel confident in my heart it's a sign. But on the night of the winter solstice next week, something in the sky is going to appear that historically has been known as the Bethlehem star. This is when Jupiter and Saturn, they're going to align so closely in the night sky that it's looking like they're going to collide. They'll be about a diameter of a full moon apart. And, but this particular phenomenon has not happened in almost 800 years with this type of intensity. And listen, nothing of this intensity has ever happened since AD 7. Many, many people believe that this, this was actually the star of Bethlehem, the star that's in the Bible. I, now, I don't know if I believe that. I, try, I tend to lean toward this uh, a little different theory on that. I believe it was supernatural, but whether it was supernatural, whether it was this, this event called the Bethlehem star, I don't know. But it, it's still known as the Bethlehem star. Scientists call it the Great Conjunction. And this is, this is going to be observable across the northern hemisphere right after dark, for approximately 45 minutes after the sun goes down. If you get into a place, you've probably got to get out of the city a little bit. I know it's tough living here. But you've got, if you're able to get out of the city and look at this, if the skies are clear, on the 21st will be, will be the, the brightest day of it. It'll continue all week long. But from about 45 minutes right after the uh, sun goes down should be able to see this very brilliantly with the naked eye that's a, that's that's not just a great conjunction of two planets i think it's a great conjunction of a lot of things coming together to me that's a sign what does the sign mean i don't know but the signs always bring hope it brings hope to me what the signs tell me is god is in control When I see the sign, I'm just going to worship Jesus because I didn't name it the Bethlehem star. Other people have. Why is it happening the week of Christmas on the day of winter solstice is is the most intense day? Why is it happening the most intense it's ever happened since in 800 years? Why is it happening just as intense as it was in the very, very first century? I don't know. 
But I do know this much. We should pay attention to the signs, be full of the Holy Spirit, be in the word, and be wise. And when God says act, you act. God says act, you act. The scriptures tell us in Joel chapter number two, I want you just to listen to this. This is a prophecy about this era that we live in. God says, I will pour my spirit out on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour my spirit out on those days. That's today they're talking about. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, fire, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. It's great for us, it's dreadful for those who are in the world. (laughs) You understand that? It's just like what was happening in Jerusalem like that. It was great for the Magi. It was great for for Jesus and his family, but it was dreadful for everyone else. And it says, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there will be deliverance. As the Lord has said, even among the survivors whom the Lord calls. Mount Zion, speaking of deliverance, you you may be missing this. You may not see this, but Mount Zion is actually the place where David has set up the tabernacle. This is the place where, where David, uh, set up the Ark of the Covenant and people would come around there and they would worship. It was an outdoor setting. This wasn't a building. This was an outdoor setting where people would come and worship and play instruments and sing 24 hours a day and it was a place where people would come from miles around long before there was a temple and they would come and they would worship God in this beautiful atmosphere where everyone could be intimate with God. You see, the beauty of that, what was happening on Mount Zion is that the Ark of the Covenant, which represented the presence of God, the best we can tell, we believe it was visible to everyone. People wouldn't touch it, but they could get right up there, close to the presence of God. And that's the way it is today as well. Your deliverance comes through the presence of God. When you listen to the voice of God, you're going to find direction from God, and you're gonna, He's going to direct you right back to His presence, and it's going to end in worship for you. What is God speaking specifically to you? I don't know. But I think God is giving you glimpses. God is giving you words regarding that even here right now. Now, I'll just be honest with you. Seldom is God's voice spectacular. I don't think you should be expecting a vision or a dream every night and angels dropping in on you here and there and everywhere, you know. The truth is, though, those things do happen. I've experienced them. But most of the signs from God are subtle. But they're constantly happening and we're missing out on most of them. So your next steps are found in the voice of God. I challenge you now that if God is speaking to you, if you even think God is speaking to you, begin to journal it, write it out. We've all been to school. Many of you are in school. You're going to write down what your instructor is saying so you can get it in you, right? Some of you are taking notes right now so that you can get this in you. If God is speaking to you, why wouldn't you want to write it down, begin to journal? You'll be able to look back and get clear messages from God. This is a strategy for you. I believe this is a strategy for the church, for individual families and believers as we move forward. So the question is, I mean, the statement is God is speaking. He is speaking. Are are you listening? 
John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice. And when God speaks, what he's doing is he's revealing more of his plan for you. He says, God's word will be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. He'll show you the next steps. He's going to give you direction and encouragement. He's going to give you strength and focus. He's going to give you depth of worship and greater maturity. God's going to give you vitality. God's going to make you a witness so that you will make a difference in this world. I challenge you to tune in to the voice of the Spirit rather than the voices of the culture that's around you. Tune in to His voice. And this is where discernment comes in. What is the voice of the Spirit and what is the voice of the culture? Well, pretty much the voice of the culture is coming through social media. (laughs) You're not abandoned. Listen to the voice of God. God is protecting His investment. God is protecting his investment. He's speaking to you. And nothing can stop God's plans. And if you listen to the voice of the Spirit, God is going to guide you. I believe God's going to download some amazing stuff in this room in these next 10 minutes or so. Will you be willing just to listen to the voice of the Spirit? Write a few things out. And begin to take action on what God is saying. Remember Matthew chapter 2, a wonderful part of the Christmas story. But man, it is, it is a roller coaster as you've just experienced. But the theme that's happening over and over and over is God speaks, we listen. God speaks, we listen, we take action. God speaks, we listen, we take action. That's the theme of Matthew chapter 2. Not gold, frankincense, and myrrh. As cool as all that is. That's a Christmas message for you. I want you to receive it. I want to pray for revelation from God for you right now. First and foremost, though, before we go any further, this is for the e-community as well as for everyone in this room. If you are not in right relationship with Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity to make things right with him before I go one step further. Just with everyone, just in your own quiet, private place with God right now. Just tune in to the voice of the Spirit. If you're not in relationship with Jesus, He's not your Savior and Lord, would you just let me know, because I want to pray with you and for you in this room. Just let, let me know by lifting your hand right now. And I want, to, I want to lock my faith in with your faith so that we'll know that, yeah, this is, this is a big moment for you. Would you just lift your hand for me so that I can see it? And if you're online, if you're watching online, just make a comment in there in the little section saying, I'm giving my life to Jesus today. I'll be praying for you because I'll come back and look at all of that. I want to pray this prayer with you. Would you just pray this with me? Church in here, pray this as well as those of you who are in the e-community. Pray this together. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Wash me and cleanse me. Make me a new creation. I give up the past and I embrace the future that you have for me. In Jesus' name. Have you discovered your street of influence? Whether it be family, government, business, arts and entertainment, faith, health and vitality, or education, head over to culturalstreets.com and discover your street today.